Welcome to Will Talks. In this podcast, we focus on all things that pertain to the Christian life and living. I am your host, Will Ferguson, pastor of Temple Baptist Church in Canton. I am glad you can join us. Hello, I am glad you could join us. We are going to be looking at Genesis chapter 1. And specifically, here, I want to focus on the different theories of interpreting Genesis chapter 1. And I'm going to end up uh, showing you a, an interpretation I keep, well, I actually, I keep uh, going to, every time I read Genesis chapter 1, it's hard for me not to see it this way. So, so anyway, but we're going to look at that to, kind of at the end. And, uh, but anyway, before I, before I do that, I want to mention a point that's important for you to know. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 and 2 are the two chapters of the entire Bible, and specifically in, in the book of Genesis, that talk about the creation of the universe. Genesis chapter 1 shares a six-day creation, and then Genesis chapter 2, it, it focuses, it's not really the creation of the universe, it, it seems to focus more on the creation of the Garden of Eden, the, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. So I really regard uh, chapter one as really the creation story. And, and chapter two is more supplemental in describing uh, the the Garden of Eden things, okay? So so really one, one or two chapters out of the entire book of Genesis. Genesis is 50 chapters. And if you think about that, it seems like the emphasis... Uh, something important as creation. You think that the Bible would have a lot more to say about that. In fact, as you read through the first few chapters of Genesis, there's a lot of historical things there that it doesn't. It just kind of touches on certain things, but doesn't really dig into it. Because I think, and the Book of Genesis has an emphasis, and it's not the scientific knowledge of creation. That's not the emphasis of Genesis. In fact, uh, chapters 25 through 50, the focus of Genesis is uh, that those chapters are regarding Jacob and his 12 sons, Israel and the 12 tribes of Israel. So, so that's the focus of, of Genesis. It's the beginning of humankind, humankind but it, it quickly moves into this family uh, the Jewish family, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then at the end, Joseph. So uh, with having said all that, I want you to know that don't get bogged down with creation theories. Don't get too bogged down with this. And I think some people make this as a litmus test for everything. And it shouldn't be. I don't think we should. I don't think we should do that. I think we should have some discussion. I think we should have some uh, uh thought and meditation uh, as we think through uh, the book of Ge- about the book of Genesis. Okay, so I want to share with you just quickly uh, five theories on interpreting chapter one, five theories. And the first one is probably the more common one, to, the more vo- voiced, is the literal 24-hour day young earth creation theory. And that's the one that uh, that looks at Genesis uh, the first, the six days of creation is literal six days, and and basically, <coughs> before the six days there was nothing. Then God created them through the six days, meaning 
that six day six days later the earth is here and before that the earth wasn't here so the earth uh, according to them would be about 10 to 12,000 years old to this day okay so that's why they're called young earth creationists all right now the second the second uh, theory is what's called the gap theory and um, that's there's a uh, those who hold to that view uh, believe that there was a gap between verses 1 and 2. And if you notice in Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's it. God created. That was So when did God create the heavens and the earth? Verse 1, it's all created. And so they will say, God created it then. And then all of a sudden, there's this gap between that verse and verse 2. There's this creation. It was all good and everything was, everything was fine and uh, fine and good and so uh then during that time satan uh he rebelled against god and he fell and took a third of the angels with him and the heavens and the earth became chaotic and became dark without structure and became lifeless and so there's all this time that took place and it became this way and so you have verse two the deep was without form and void and darkness over the face of the deep the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, what we see in the next verses isn't God creating the heavens and the earth. It's that God is fixing and repairing and recreating the heavens and the earth uh, that had been um, had been caused to be formless and void because of the rebellion in heaven by Satan. All this to say that uh, with the gap theorists, they believe that the heavens and the earth would be old they would be uh millions of years old uh, and it would account with a science so so that's why we have the gap theory and, the, and that view was uh popularized by c.i schofield and the schofield reference bible you can read it in that uh, the third one is called the day age theory and a man by the name of hugh ross and a lot of uh science christian christians who are scientists hold to this uh, they believe that in chapter, the, the days and in uh, Genesis are actually epochs of time. They're not literal 24-hour days. They just believe that when it sucks, in, this, in that day, this was created. In that day, that was created as in epochs of time. And they hold that it agrees with the way scientists have said, say how things have kind of evolved and erupted. So, so anyway, they say that there's more consistency with science. Uh, by using that. So that's the day-age theory. And there's a fourth theory um, that says basically that chapter one is a literary framework that's written uh, to help the Israelites understand it and to be able to retain it better. Uh, it is seen as um, not literal in the sense that in reality, it happened literally that way, but it is literal in the fact that when they say it's a day, they believe it's a day, you know, but it's not anyway. Uh, but the day, day age theory uh, holds to the, I mean, not the framework, framework hypothesis. The framework is the first three days you have God creating the, um, the, the structures. Okay, you have God creating structures. And the second three days you have God creating the the uh, the things that fill the structures. So you would have on the fourth day, 
The fourth day would match with, no, I mean, the first day would match with day four. The first day God creates light. And on day four, God creates the light bearers, sun, moon, and stars. And then you have the second day, which is uh, God, he's separating, he's creating the sky, separating the sky above from the water below. And so, and it lines up with day five, where God creates the, the, the sky creatures, the birds, and he creates the sea creatures, the fish. And then, and then day six lines up where God creates the dry land and the seas, where you have the dry land creatures, uh, where you have the beasts of the field, and then man are created on day on day six. So those those things line up. Three, uh, four. I mean, uh, those things line up in uh, in the in the framework hypothesis. And the uh, the whole point of the framework framework hypothesis is that one day at the end. On uh, that God rests on the, the Sabbath, and what happens is why is He resting on the Sabbath? Well, according to Egyptian mythology, the Egyptians, uh, their gods were they were creating creation so they can they can rest in their temple, their sanctuary, and so the crowning point of creation is so they can rest. And so we see that God is creating on the six days, and then on the seventh day. He rests because it's complete and God is now, uh, can rest in his sanctuary. And if you notice in uh, Genesis chapter one, chapter two, uh, the spirit of God is hovering over the deeps of the earth and he's looking for a place to land, looking for a place to rest. So that kind of agrees with that. The fifth theory, and I'm just going through this pretty quickly. <laughs> the fifth theory is, is the Hebrew, the Jewish rabbis, they hold to this the decrees of Yahweh, that basically Genesis chapter 1 are the Ten Commands of creation. Then we have the, the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus where God gives, but we also have the Ten Commandments of creation. And what you see in Genesis chapter 1 isn't necessarily the actual completed creation of something. You see in in chapter 1, God's saying, let there be light, and it was so. And in, in chapter 2, let there be expanse. And basically what we're seeing in chapter 1 isn't, isn't necessarily the actual finished completion of everything. It's basically God setting in place um, the laws and the rules of the universe and the instruction of the universe, which I think that one makes a lot of sense. Okay, so those are, the, uh, those are basically five theories on interpreting chapter one. Uh, which one are you? And I'm going to tell you something. I, I do lean. Uh, I'm, I've been back and forth with some things. But I like the decrees of Yahweh. To me, I think Ten Commandments. When God says God says to man, he says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Okay? He says that to man. Did he, did he fill the earth immediately? No, there was a span of time be between when God decreed something and when it actually came about, and I, I think that there can be those decrees on on uh, the six days and then actually taking some time for it to actually work itself out. However, immediately when God decreed something, it started, it was in motion. It started in motion, but it wasn't completely fulfilled until until times started to pass. And I think I think that's what we see, at least that's what I kind of hold to uh, in that. Okay, so the decrees of Yahweh, that's the one I kind of lean toward. And, uh, all right. Okay, so that's, that's, the, uh, that's some of the theories of creation. I hope I didn't, I didn't, hope I didn't 
confuse you, but you, but then you know that what's out there, what what people are thinking about. Now, when I look at Genesis chapter one, I uh, I actually see it um, as as it applies to spiritual conversion, as a lost soul. Because in in chapter one, verse one and two. You, you see, you have a description of a person who doesn't know Jesus Christ, who is lost. Let me read that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This describes a person who is lost, who doesn't know Jesus. They're, they're, they're there. Uh, God created them. But they don't have any form, they have no structure, and they don't have any life. They're, they're void, they're without life. And there's no purpose, no life. And yet we're seeing the Spirit of God is hovering over that person, getting ready to awaken that person to life. And so what we see is, whether you, I mean, what, I, what I see when I look at this, I see the God, how God would how God would transform somebody who is without form and without, without life, how, what are the stages and phases which he does to bring them to a place where they have life? And what, what's, the, what's his process? And we see that God uses a process here. And so here's the person, they're lost, they have no life, they have no purpose, and the Spirit is hovering over the face of the deep. So what's the first thing that God does? Well, he brings light. He says, let there be light. So light. So what happens is the soul of a man, uh, they're, they're enlightened. They can now see. They, the darkness and the night are now separate. He can see and there's a distinction. That's the first thing he does, that God does to, to bring a person to faith in Christ. Is he, not faith in Christ, to bring a person to have structure. And bring a person to have life in their life. Okay? So he brings light to them. So that's that's the moment when somebody comes to faith in Christ, where they hear the gospel. They see, they see, they see finally about there is a God and he's, he loves them, he cares for them. The second thing that, the second and third things that God begins to do in a person's life, after they see light and they receive that light, and there's this separation from night and day, is that God begins to do other separations. He begins to separate, uh, do a separation in that person, like like the sky from the, the the sea. He begins. They begin to understand truth. They begin to have. They begin to understand spiritual truth. This person, when they come to faith in Christ, the Spirit of God gives them an understanding to be able to make dis- discernments between that which is good and that which is evil be able to discern between that which is demonic and that which is angelic. And he, he's able to understand things with his mind, spiritual things. Um, and this, and then the, the third separation would be these names understand how to live. He can discern, he can choose which is good and which is not good. He has the ability to live their life, they have wisdom. Okay, so that's what's given. So the so first three days then, you were saying God is separating darkness from light, and that, and that person, he's given them a spiritual understanding to where they can they they can they can have discernment and dis, and divide what's true and what's false. And then also with living life, they know how to discern to live life. And the next three days, you see in in the life of a believer, God fills God fills the void with 
light and discernment, the Holy Spirit. God fills that person with the Holy Spirit. As God put the sun in its place, and then you have the moon, the Bible. <laughs> and the Bible doesn't have its own light. It's, it's a reflection of the light that's been given to it. And the Holy Spirit wrote the, Holy, the Bible. The Bible is reflecting the light of the Holy Spirit. So, so God fills that person and he gives them the Bible and gives them the Holy Spirit. And not only that, but God also, to be the fifth day, he fills them with love uh, for God and, to, and men. God gives them that love. And, um, and he's filled with purpose and a sense of mission. And the last thing, when he finally has the man in there, he's, he's filled with that sense of mission. And so God transforms a person, changes them from something that's chaotic, something is in darkness, someone who is without structure. He changes them to where they have structure, they have purpose, and they have meaning. And then God can rest in, his, in that person's life as he is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So anyway, that's my thinking. As I look through the Genesis chapter 1, uh, the creation, just some ideas for you to think through. Okay, all right, well, until next time, we will look at Genesis and look at some other areas, consider some other points, all right? Thank you, God bless you. Well, thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, check us out on our website, tbccanton.com. That's tbccanton.com. We have video messages there, and you can also use our email tab on there. Till next time, God bless you. Bye-bye.